talking about the Trinity and about Jesus being God, I, I, I want us to make sure that we uh, put an emphasis on the Holy Spirit as well. All right. So just for um, this Sunday and next Sunday, we'll we'll look at at the Holy Spirit and what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. The first thing that I want to do before talking about the, um, the Holy Spirit being God, um, I want us to be clear that the Holy Spirit is a person. Okay, the Holy Spirit is a person. It, I know uh, people, it, people don't mean any harm when they do it, but you know, for some reason it just gets me when people call the Holy Spirit a it. I'd be like, he's a he. <laughs> okay, um, but I think it's, it's something that is so ingrained in us going all the way back to the, um, the ancient church in the 300s where um, Arius um, denied that the Holy Spirit was a person. Okay, um, so um, and again, this is uh, this is exactly where Jehovah's Witnesses and, and, and most Unitarians get their viewpoint on the Holy Spirit. Um, um, is from the teaching of Arius. Um, sadly, he was condemned. <laughs> uh, so, but on on his teachings on that. But <clears throat> I want us to to first be clear that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, let me explain this to you because when we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago um, in Bible study about God the Father being a person, uh, some people were confused. Okay, now. The reason that people are confused is because we confuse a person, what what a person is, with what a human being is, okay? When I say that God is a person, I'm not saying that God is a human being, okay? We are not Mormon, okay? (laughs) All right. So this makes you a human being, having a human body. Okay. God, the father is not a human being. He does not have a human body. The Holy Spirit is not a human being. He does not have a human body. Jesus is is not a human being. (laughs) They thought I'm not going to answer that. I'm not sure. All right. Jesus is a human being because He was born to the Virgin Mary and now he has a body and he will have that body for all eternity. Okay, so Jesus is a human being. The father is not a human being. The Holy Spirit is not a human being, because in order to be a human being, you have to have what? Flesh and blood. Okay. A person. Right. A person. You can be a person. Right. And not be a human being. Spirits. Okay, are have personhood. Okay, but they are not human beings. Okay, so God the Father, the Holy Spirit, angels, demons. Okay, they are persons, but they are not human beings because in order to be a person, at minimum, you need to have mind, will, and emotions. Okay, so in order to be a person, right, to have a personality, you have to have mind you have to be able to think you have to have a will right you have the ability to make choices and you have to have emotions okay and so god the father has mind will and emotions the holy spirit has mind will and emotions angels have mind will and emotions demons have mind will and emotions okay so they are persons but they are not human beings like jesus and and we are everybody got that 
All right. So the Holy Spirit is a person. So what I want us to do real quick is look at a couple couple of passages to show that the Holy Spirit has a mind, will, and emotions because Jehovah's Witnesses um, will teach that, that the Holy Spirit is not a person, that he is some kind of force or that he is God the Father in action. So when, when the Bible talks about God the Father doing some form of action, it calls it the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, but that is not what the Bible teaches. I mean, we can just look at just the passage we read this morning in John chapter 15 and 16. How many times did Jesus call the Holy Spirit he? Right. When the Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will convict the world, right? He, 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 he. So um, the Bible always claims that the Holy Spirit is a person, except if you have the King James Version in Romans chapter 8, uh, it does say, uh, uh, verse 28, uh, the Spirit itself, not verse 28. What verse is that? Is it verse 28? 8, 28? I don't know. I haven't read the King James Version in so many years. Um, yeah, but he says the Spirit itself, instead of the spirit himself, um, which is good grammar, right? Because the, the, the Greek word for spirit is a neuter word, right? It doesn't, the, the word itself does not have gender, right? Um, so you should say, correct English would say the spirit itself. However, um, except for in, when you translate it, the Greek always breaks grammar rules. It uses a neuter word, with masculine pronouns, which you should not do. But the point is, they're sending you a message. The word may be neuter, but the spirit is not. He is masculine. Right. So real quick, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Great passage on the Holy Spirit, as well as what the Holy Spirit has done in order to give us the word of God. In this passage, we see that the Holy Spirit has intellect and knowledge. First Corinthians chapter two. To be brief, I'm only going to read two verses, verses 10 and 11. Mm. I'll go to verse 12, too. <laughs> verse 10, these things God has revealed to us, how? Through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed to us by God. Now, with, the, with this uh, passage here, well, verse 13 again, and we speak these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Now, notice what, what uh, um, Paul is saying here about the Holy Spirit. First, he says, verse 10, that the things that God has for us, okay, 
of course, he, in verse 9, he says, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Okay. And of course, we, we, we have been told that that means a big house and a BMW. Okay. However, that is not <laughs> what the passage is talking about. Okay. It's talking about the word of God. Right. God has revealed um, the things that God has in store for us, other things um, pertaining to his word. But it says, verse 10, that God reveals his word to us, the things that he has in store for us. He reveals them to us through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Second, it says the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Now, it's interesting that this word search means to examine. Right. Um, so how does a force like electricity examine something? It can't. Right. Uh, only a person can do that. Okay. So the Holy Spirit, in order to examine or investigate everything, even the things that are within the father, he has to have intellect. Right. It goes on to say that uh, a human being, only the human spirit can know what is taking place inside of a person. OK, y you all don't know what I'm thinking right now. Right. And I don't know what you all are thinking. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Some of y'all are thinking like, boy, he going to make us late to eat today. <laughs> OK, but but only only the spirit inside of you, your spirit knows what's going on inside of you. OK. And Paul says that it is the same thing with the with the father. Only the spirit of God knows what is going on inside the father? Only the spirit knows. He searches even the deep things of God and he comprehends the deep things of God. So in order for him to to have such knowledge, he has to have what? He has to have a mind. Okay. So first thing we see here in this passage is the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, has intellect and knowledge because he has the ability to examine and investigate things. He knows the deep things uh, um, of God. And then the Holy Spirit, verse uh, 12, he goes on to say <clears throat> that the Holy Spirit, um, he reveals these things to us so that we can then understand the things of God. So the Holy Spirit is acting like a person. So if he's acting like a person, he must be a person. Everyone see that? Okay. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verses 26. <clears throat> and 27, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs um, too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit 
because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, notice in these two verses, it says a bunch of things that only a person can do. Number one, it says he helps us in our weakness. Okay. Um, now, of course, electricity does help us. Okay. It powers all of the little gadgets that we have. Right. But but it has never come alongside you and helped you to pick up anything and, car and carry it. Right. Right. O only a person can do that. He says, number one, the Holy Spirit helps us when we are weak. Number two, he says, when we do not know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. So when we don't know what to ask the father, the Holy Spirit goes to the father on our behalf. Now, again, we'll see this later on, probably um, next week, that the fact that he intercedes for the father is proof that he is God. Right. Because, again, we know that Jesus at this moment has what we call an intercessory ministry. Right. He's always at the right hand of the father interceding for us. And now the Bible says that not only does Jesus intercede for us, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. So Jesus and the Holy Spirit have the same role. So if Jesus is God, then the Holy Spirit, who has the same role on our behalf, must also still be God. Right. Um, so he says the Holy Spirit helps us. He says that when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Right. With words. Right. So the Holy Spirit can speak. He goes on to say that God the Father, he knows what is on the Holy Spirit's mind. So when the Holy Spirit is going to intercede on our behalf, God already knows what the Holy Spirit is thinking. He knows what the Holy Spirit wants, which means he must have a mind. Now, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I know I'm rushing through these. You can stop me at any moment if you have a question. Ephesians chapter 4, just trying to prove that the Holy Spirit has mind, will, and emotions. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever hurt the wind's feelings? How would you even know? <laughs> right. you, you cannot hurt the feelings of an inanimate object, can you? Or, or, or force. You, you can't hurt gravity's feelings, right? Okay. Now, listen to what, what, what Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 4 about the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. And then he goes and say, put away all bitterness, wrath, anger, yada, yada, yada. Now, notice what he says. He says that make sure that your speech is clean, <laughs> right? Nothing filthy comes out of your mouth. 
and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, if the Holy Spirit is an inanimate object, he's a force like gravity or electricity, how can you grieve or hurt his feelings with the things that you say? He, he must be a person. He has feelings. He, he likes or dislikes things that we say, do, think, right? Just like a person would. Okay. So he has mind, will, and emotions. He is a person. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the last one. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse four. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses. Who gave you your spiritual gift? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit chooses what spiritual gift each Christian gets. Now, can an inanimate object choose what gifts he wants to give to which person? No. So, if the Holy Spirit is choosing, right, he, he must have a will. He picks people to have tongues or, you know, prophecy or healing or whatever. The Holy Spirit chooses those things. So what I wanted to do first is to show you in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is a person. Okay? He is not an inanimate object or a force like electricity or uh, gravity. He is a person, okay? So, because he has mind, will, and emotions, right? He is a person even though he is not a human being. All right, so we're we all clear on that point. Okay, now, what does the Bible say about the deity of the Holy Spirit? And again, uh, the church had to debate this because, again, uh, people following the teachings of Arius have, have said, well, the Holy Spirit can't be a person. He's, an, he's a, more like a force or like the, you know, the power of God in action. Um, but let us look at a couple of things that the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Since we're in 1 Corinthians, let's look there first. Look again back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Here, we see that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's 
everywhere. Everywhere present at the same time. And that includes within the, the person of God. Verse 10 through 12, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within, so also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. Now, think of this. <clears throat> If God is omnipresent, which is talking about the Father, okay, God the Father. If God the Father is omnipresent, which means that he is everywhere present at the same time, okay, is God inside of our universe or outside of our universe? In and out. Okay. So is he, is he, is he, does he fit within our universe or is he, must he be bigger than our universe? Bigger. Okay. So, so he, so he, he is in our, within our universe, right? Um, in, in some sense, because if, if God is a, I'm not even going to do that to y'all. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because it, if we say that God is, is everywhere, that must mean that he is physically somewhere, even though he can't be, he's not spatial. So how can he be within our, in our universe? But he, he yeah, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. Anyway, moving on. We'll have that conversation later. <laughs> so... <laughs> But um, uh, the point I'm making is, is that God cannot be limited by space, right? That's the point I'm making, okay? He's, he's not physical at all, okay? So, but when we say he's everywhere, the idea is that he must be somewhere. And if he's somewhere, then he must have some spatial aspects, but he doesn't. So, but moving on, I'm not going to do that to you. Anyway, um... <laughs> But he can't fit inside of our, he can't be limited by our universe, right? Um, so he, he must be bigger in some sense than our universe, right? Or, or the universe itself would, would have to be God, okay? The spirit of God, it says, he searches everything, including the deep things of, of God the Father, so in order for the spirit to search everything, including the deepest places of the father, the Holy Spirit must himself be omnipresent. Because if God is bigger than our universe and he can search everything that is within God, then he must be, be omnipresent as well. Anybody got that? All right. Number two. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is all powerful. He's omnipotent. Job chapter 33. Man, it'd be messing me up. I got this Bible with the Apocrypha. 
and it's like right in the middle. And I'd be like, what, what kind of books are these? <laughs> Job chapter 33. Verse 4, this verse can talk about the Holy Spirit's power as well as, as we'll see in, in another verse, that the Holy Spirit is, is the creator. Okay. I'm just going to read verse 4 for the sake of time. It says, the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Now, uh, again, the word spirit, the Hebrew word as well as the Greek word, both mean the same. Um, the, the Hebrew word ruach means spirit, breath, or wind. Okay, so this could be translated, the breath of God has made me, the spirit of God has made me, the wind of God has made me. It could be translated, the, the, the breath of the Almighty gives me life, the spirit of the Almighty gives me life, the wind of the Almighty gives me life, right? The, the word just means multiple, um, all three of those things. But the, the point is, the Holy Spirit is all powerful because he is the one who has the ability to create all things. Okay. And we'll, we see that when we get to Genesis, when we look at Genesis chapter one, that is interesting that the Holy spirit is mentioned in the Bible before Jesus is mentioned in the Bible. He's right there in Genesis chapter one, verse two. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of, of the water, okay? So interesting, this book I read long ago, interesting idea. Now, I don't know. This is going to be far-fetched, but I was like, hmm, so I can see that. He was talking about how, you know, that the, the, the Holy Spirit is, is pictured as, 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 as a dove hovering over the, over the waters. And so <laughs> y'all going to think I'm crazy. He said that, that, uh, that, that, um, that the, the earth got its rotational spin from the, the Holy Spirit, you know, moving on the wall. I'm like, mm, I can see that. I can see that. But, you know, I ain't going to say that out loud because that sounds crazy. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. It's possible, though. Somebody made the earth rotate and spin, you know. So, so um, let's look at real quick. Uh, that clock wrong. Anyway, look at <laughs> Psalm 139, Psalm 139, somebody said it's slow, I say it's fast, <laughs> Psalm 139, we'll stop here, I said we get back to normal in September, September we're going to go back to 90 minute services, <laughs> Psalm 139, Most of us are familiar with uh, this psalm, right? <clears throat> I'm going to start at, at, at verse 1 and read down to verse 10. David is, is, is writing this psalm. Verse 1, he reads, um, he writes, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. 
Even before a word is on my tongue, oh Lord, you know it completely. B- before the words come out of your mouth, he already know what you're going to say. Okay. Okay. Mercy. I know, right? <laughs> he says, uh, verse 5, you hem me in behind and before and lay your hands upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol or hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. Real quick, I'll just read down to verse 12. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light to you. <laughs> right? That's crazy, right? You're like, man, I'm, I'm going to go out at night because ain't nobody going to see me. God is like, it's daytime to me. I was like, I, I got night vision. What's wrong with them? <laughs> Where can I go from your spirit? If I go to heaven, you are there. Maybe I can go to hell and hide. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I could take the wings of the morning and go to the farthest parts of the planet, even there, your hand will lead me. So the, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's in heaven. He's in hell. He's everywhere, right? You can't get away from him. Okay. Everybody see that? Any comments, questions, concerns? <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? They like, but what is that after 12 o'clock? I ain't raised my hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll, we'll pick up, finish these, finish uh, uh, these verses here. So again, um, the, 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 the point I try to make today is first, the Holy Spirit is a person. Okay. Um, he's not an inanimate object. He is a person. He lives inside of us, right? He leads us. He guides us. He convicts us, um, of, of sin, right? He reveals, um, God's word to us. He helps us to understand what God um, wants us to do, what he has in store for us, all of these things, right? Um, and then we're looking at the attributes of the Holy Spirit, right? So the Bible says that God the Father is all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere, okay? So if, if, if the Father has these attributes and he is God, and the Son has these attributes and he is God, the Holy Spirit has these attributes and he is God, right? That means that we're laying the foundation for our understanding of the Trinity, okay? Um, and so that, that's why we're working, working our way through these things. All right, so um, we'll pick up Bible study. Bring your questions. If you have any questions, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll answer any questions that, um, that you have, and then we'll look at this, um, uh, the rest of these verses on these attributes of the Holy Spirit next week, 
and then we'll be ready for Malachi. All right. So um, by now, I know you all have read Malachi five times, right? Five times. Malachi five times. That's what we want. All right. And uh, for those of you who have finished reading Malachi five times, you can start on First Peter. All right, so that's, that's what we're going at after Malachi. Lord's willing, if he doesn't uh, change my schedule again. <laughs> All, right. All right, so um, let us uh, pr- um, prepare for communion. I'm looking for 1 Corinthians in my Bible open to 1 Maccabees. Mm-mm-mm. Lord have mercy. You got all. No, I don't have the assumption of Moses. Yeah. I'm like, that's why these people confused. They be reading through this stuff and be like, I'm like, look at all this stuff in here. All right. It's always great to be able to come and to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Let's take a moment to uh, quiet our hearts and minds and um, one, reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us. And number two, uh, let us pray and ask God to show us areas where uh, we are not uh, walking worthy of our calling. That's what Paul says, that we are to walk worthy um, of the call. He called us to himself uh, by giving his life for us. And we should be living uh, in in a manner uh, that shows our love and honor and respect for his sacrifice. So let's pray and ask God to to help us to see those areas, um, to, to confess anything that we may need to confess. And then we will take part in communion. Lord, we thank you for coming to earth and giving your life on our behalf. We thank you for being a sacrifice for us. And so today we come in order to be a living sacrifice for you, one that is holy and acceptable to you because that is our reasonable service. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to reflect on Uh, Not just would it cost you physically in order to save us, but help us to think about the spiritual agony, the emotional agony of your father turning his back on on you so that he can embrace us. Help us to reflect on on all of the things that it cost you in order to secure our salvation. And, And I pray, Lord, that you would help us upon reflecting on that to learn how to live a life that is worthy of your sacrifice. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us, even in this time, 
how to be most satisfied in you because when we are satisfied in you we can turn our backs on sin and all the world has to offer and live lives that are pleasing to you i pray lord that you would forgive us for all of our sins the sins that we commit knowingly and the sins that we commit unknowingly I pray, Lord, that you would would touch our hearts as we read in your word today that the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us of, of sin and righteousness and judgment. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convict us in the times where we are, are walking astray and that you would lead us back to the paths of righteousness. We pray right now, Lord, that you would help us to moment by moment rely on your spirit so that you can be honored in everything that we say, do, and think. We thank you now and ask that you will bless these elements that we are using today uh, uh, in your communion. We thank you now for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us break the bread and eat it together. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us all drink together. Amen. Let us stand on our feet and I will close us out in prayer and give you the benediction. Amen. And don't forget, um, you know, we have uh, the baskets are in the back for the for um, uh, for offering. If we could do this a second basket for anyone separate those two. Yep. Thank you. If anyone is interested in doing an offering to the uh, Ethiopian Outreach Ministry, you can uh, can uh, get an offering envelope. I think we have some mission envelopes back there. I think um, uh, you can put yours in in, the, in that offering. I mean, in that envelope. Uh, you can make it out to the church. We'll just send one uh, one check uh, to, um, to them. But one basket is for the regular offering, and one can be for for EOM. You can do PayPal. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Or cash app, however you, however you want to do it, it's fine. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for, for all that you have done for us. We thank you for bringing us together. We thank you for, uh, for, for just being our Father and being our, our God. We thank you, Jesus, uh, that as we read in the scripture this morning, you don't call us servants, you call us your friends. We pray, Lord, that you would, would keep working on us each and every day. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. 
But Lord, we thank you that you continue to pursue us like the one that ran away. And um, you will leave the 99 and pursue us. This world has so many allures, Lord, that distract us, but you never throw us away. You keep pursuing us and loving us. And I pray that you would teach us to love you the same way that you love us. And teach us to love one another, because by this, the world will know that we are truly your disciples. We ask that you would bless um, each one of us collectively and individually until we come together again. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. For it is now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceedingly great joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. 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 Amen.